Hey, welcome back to Rally Caps, the podcast for the creative entrepreneur looking to build a business for the long haul. Today, we have a special episode where Steven, my co-host and brother, is going to get grilled by our new brother, Tom Boyd. I'm just trying to talk like him because he talks that cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, we have a special treat today with hearing uh, Steven's backstory, what it looks like uh, with his entrepreneurship. And honestly, like we're just so honored that Tom stepped in and, you know, said that he'd be willing to do this. And so, yeah, thanks for stepping up to the plate, Tom. You know, I'm, I'm excited to be here as a, as a pinch hitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, as a designated hitter. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I really just align with what you guys stand for, helping creators in their mission, uh, helping uh, people just put their ideas in action and get them to the world. And that's what I stand for. And I'm, I'm excited to talk to you guys about your show because I think it's a, I think it's a lot of fun and, and more people should be listening to it. I know it's just the beginning and I'm excited for, for what's to come. So Steven, you're yeah. up to the plate. Are you ready Let's for this? Let's do it. Oh, All man, right. dude, I'm All ready. Right. <laughs> All right, my man. Okay, so first off, let, let's get it out of the way. What is a rally cap? Ooh, that's a great question. A rally cap is, uh, is a baseball term, as we've kind of uh, gotten that a little bit so far in the episode. Got a couple baseball terms <laughs> floating around. A rally cap, in, in at least in my personal experience, it was when you kind of like flip your hat around. Sometimes you punch it inside out, throw it on upside down. You look kind of silly, but that is like a physical like symbol to show that you are ready to double down, root for your team. You're in it for the long haul. You might be down by four, five, six, seven runs, and it's the bottom of the ninth, but you haven't lost hope yet. Perfect. That's a great way to start it off. Now, <laughs> Stephen, what, I'm curious... Because as I'm watching this show, I want to know, you know, this guy's got some great questions. There's great, great production quality. There's great guests. I want to know more about you. So can you give me the sizzle reel version of your origin story as a content creator? H how did you get started? Absolutely. First off, I love the phrase sizzle reel also. That's just, that sounds <laughs> great. So the highlight version of my, my origin story. Sixth grade, picked up my first camera moved to an iPhone. Love photography. Amazing. I have it with me everywhere I go. Got my first DSLR going to college. Loved that even more. New creative possibilities. So cool. As I honed my experience as both a photographer and a filmmaker throughout college, got plugged in with other photographers, filmmakers, people just doing interesting things as a student. Did so much free work, hobby work, just to get my feet in the door with, with people. And... I just wanted the experience. I just loved doing it. It was super fun. Tried different styles of stuff, tried different things. Got to a point where senior year comes around. Didn't really want to work a nine to five per se, a traditional, you know, sales job that you might expect to move into post-grad. So I got a Canon 5D Mark III, got a couple of prime lenses and said, I'm going to start photographing weddings after college with no real expectation for it to become a full-time job. I just had a couple friends that were getting married and I thought I can shoot their weddings. So maybe I'll just at least develop that and then see where that takes me. Again, having no real expectations and not really planning for it to become what it is today. But come September after graduation, three or four months later, I was getting inquiries for weddings for the following year after doing only 
five or six on my own and just posting that on Instagram. So at that point, I thought, well, what if I, instead of trying to find a, like a full-time job, so to speak, what if I put all of that time and effort into looking for a different job into building a business instead? Now, that, that first time you picked up the camera, what, what drew you to the camera in the first place? I, it was my mom, actually. She was kind of the go-to person to document things going on in my family. I mean, I remember when she was shooting on film cameras when I was growing up, when she was shooting on the first digital camera they ever got, which was like a one megapixel brick. It was this just old, old school thing. And it it didn't matter then, right? It was just about being able to document these things going on. She would always set up a camcorder at Christmas just to record like the two hours of Christmas morning uninterrupted, just to have that, to preserve that memory. And uh, I, I loved that. There was something about that that struck a chord with me. Even as a kid, I just thought that's really cool that she's just being aware of these things going on. And then as a family, we can look back afterwards on the photo books, on the videos, and we all get to laugh and get sentimental. And I really liked the response it like evoked in me and my siblings and my dad. So I thought I kind of want to try my hand at that and do the same thing. Okay. That's that's amazing. So you you like capturing these feelings, these moments, and then you said, I'm going to do this professionally. So you go out and and you do it, you you do your first wedding. What kind of an imposter syndrome did you feel? (laughs) Did it exist on that first that I I remember the first time I did a job and I'm like, uh, why did they get me to do this? I'm going to call a friend and get a real pro in here. Like, tell me about Mm -hmm. that experience. The first couple and and were they paid or were they pro bono just just as a as a friend? Yeah. The first wedding I ever did was paid. I actually don't think I've I've done a wedding for free. It, it it was it was cheap, mind you. It was like it was not a lot of money, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it it was not anything close to to what I'm charging now in order to maintain a full-time business. But, you know, it was still money and relatively speaking as a as a, you know, young like student age, like college, fresh out of college person, it felt like a lot of money and it felt really cool to go from, it almost felt like overnight I was a hobbyist and then I was a professional because one day I wasn't getting paid for it and literally the next day I'm making money from it. And I thought, how on earth has this just creative hobby of mine suddenly turned into a job? Yeah. And each time you get a little more confident, you know, get like get a little more daring with the type of shots that, and, and how you show up at these weddings and work with these couples. Uh, my question is, how has that experience doing working in wedding production, how has that applied or impacted how you approach your career now with with your your creative agency and with the podcast? That's a great question. I think a common attribute that a lot of wedding photographers have is that they're good under pressure. Um, there's a lot of moving parts on a wedding day. If, yeah, if you've ever participated in a wedding, even if you've just stood in the bridal party or just attended a wedding, you can understand just how fast paced things are. 
And to be the photographer in particular, who can often become the coordinator if there is no coordinator or the planner if there is no planner because everyone's looking to you because the photos are kind of the thing that are keeping the day moving to a certain degree. Uh, it can be a lot of pressure for sure. And I think just diving into it, putting yourself in uncomfortable circumstances, it molds you into a person that can handle those like many different and diverse moving pieces. You can handle those at the same time. And in regards to what I'm doing now with, with Eric and with a bunch of our friends and these collaborative projects and businesses that we're building outside of, of Strictly Weddings, it's a great skill to have because there are still plenty of moving pieces going on, but we're able to do it in a, in a fashion that's a little more team oriented. So it doesn't feel as... I guess like you're like the lone gunslinger on a wedding day and you're like, okay, it's all down to me. You know, like you're, you're there with a team of people and all these things that you're doing. And also, honestly, it, because it's not a wedding there, like there's not that nagging thing in the back of your head. That's like, all right, don't screw this up. Cause this is the one time it's happening. <laughs> you know, like, you know, even, even if something went wrong right now, we could retake it, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it just changes the, the whole environment, man. W weddings, weddings are high, high pressure. And, and you're also getting experience of, of working with many different personalities. Mm -hmm. And once you start taking on, you know, clients in your creative agency and also, you know, working with different podcasts, guess you learn how to interact with, with a bunch of different people. Uh, now I think, I don't, I don't know if you did it purposely, but I, I'm curious, did you, uh, did you ever use your camera in combination with your, your music background in, in high school? Ooh. You know I've got a music background. Oh man, Tom, you're killing this, man! Oh, let's go. Oh <laughs> shoot, that okay. I I love that question because yes, those two tied in very very closely together as I transitioned to become more of a photographer, so to speak. The first thing I ever did was photograph concerts and take photos for my friends in the little local music industry because I already had connections there. And so it was r like a really natural segue because I had experience for years being the person on stage. So it made it a lot easier for me to get off stage and know exactly what they would want, how they'd want to see themselves, the kind of photos that are just thought of as like cool. And I felt like I had a very good insight into what would make a good concert photographer because I understood one side of the stage. So if I hopped down and picked a camera up, I'm like, Oh, I, I think I've got like, got a good intuition for what they would want. Yes. Was, uh, now your, your, your band name, do, do you, are, are we allowed <laughs> to say that on camera? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think, I think the Facebook pages exist still, which I don't know why I said that because that's only going to do me harm because all of you can go <laughs> find these. But yeah, so there were there were a couple. Pause the show right now. <laughs> Get ready to Google this in. All right, and, uh, all right. What is the name? Okay, so the the one that I was I think most involved in and that took the most time in high school was called Wishful Endeavor. I can't. Oh man. 
It was weird to say that. Yeah, now. I know. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> 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 I love it. And what what was your uh, what was your your role? Were you uh, uh, so, yeah, yeah, lead singer? <laughs> you, I was uh, I was the lead singer and the rhythm guitarist for this. And the 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 genre it was pop punk. It, you know, it was a lot of like Blink, uh, Green Day influences, and some more modern pop punk bands as well. But that was kind of the the vibe that we were going for with that particular style of music. And funny enough, we actually, when I say, I keep saying we, it was me and two of my best friends in high school, we had gone through a bunch of different bands. Like this was one of the three garage bands that we were in and we were in two different, uh, like bands for our churches as well. And so we were just playing music together constantly. The one after the punk band was called three year throwback, which is personally my favorite name. I feel like it's got a great ring to it. It's very, it's yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was more of like a like walk the moon kind of style of music because that's what our taste kind of evolved into over time. And there, there's something about uh, getting together with a group of friends and just creating some sort of project, a creative project where you guys are the boss. You decide what the song is, <laughs> how you're going to sing it, what the notes are. And yeah. you, you, from start to finish, you know, there's no client, there's no one saying yes or no. There's no one like, you know, giving you orders. Um, has that, uh, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I'm curious because I mean, you're doing that now with, with yeah. Eric and is that fun? I mean, and, and Eric has clients too. Is this give you like a little, is like, this is our own little Lego set and we're making whatever yeah. we want. Oh, definitely. That's a great analogy for it too. I really like that. Yeah. It, it yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's honestly how it feels though too. It, it kind of is like sky is the limit, you know, it, whatever we want this to be, to a certain degree, we can make that happen so long as we know our own limits, when's the right time to bring in other people, because you can't ever do it fully on your own or even with a small team. You know, you need to just be aware of, you know, your own personal limitations. And then when's the right time to bring other people in? Because this is something Eric and I live by, really. But the idea of valuing community over competition and it's very important to us in our own businesses and the way that we work together and the way that we work with our friends. That's just, that's how you're going to thrive if you're doing it with other people. So I, I really love that Lego set analogy though, because Legos were, I mean, come on, they were every kid's favorite thing. They were the best. <laughs> Legos and uh, it was what, a rector, a rector sets and right. Do you ever have a rector set or no? No, wait, what was that? Toys. Tinker oh, toys. Tinker okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same, oh, yeah. same vein. Yeah, but okay. yeah, yeah. Basically, the idea that you guys are the boss and you work together mm -hmm. towards an end goal, and it teaches you a lot that a classroom can't teach you. It teaches you uh, in ways that you know working with someone else where you have these creative constraints can't teach you. And I'm sure a lot of what you did in with with your band and just experiment with the camera has impacted so much of what you're doing today. Now you also have a, a company called Barrington Branco. Wow. Can you tell me about your, your work? How, do you, is it, is it photo? Is it video? Is it design? What, what, what is that company? And let's do a little plug for that right now. Oh, Tom, you are so the man. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> 
I feel so taken care of right now. Like, like the fact that you pulled that name out is just awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. Again, so. good, li- good alliteration. <laughs> Easy to remember. <laughs> yeah. So to be honest, Barrington started primarily as just a, an outlet where I could share more brand and commercial style work that didn't conflict with the wedding and portrait work that I primarily do. So the name is actually inspired by the arts building at the school that I went to because that building was called Barrington. So I was like, oh, it seems like a a good homage to the building that I spent the most of my time in as a student. And then that, that Instagram page, because more than anything else, it really is just kind of like a little brand name and Instagram. I don't even have the website for it live right now, but it, it was just really supposed to be a place where I could feel good about posting all one style of work so that I could have a pretty concise portfolio to show to other brands and businesses and say, Hey, this is all just, you know, stuff in your vein effectively. And it wouldn't be like co mixed with other portraits or weddings because that's not what they're interested in. So I just wanted it to be one like clean feed that was relevant to them. And it's, it's been fun. It, it, it's not the biggest moneymaker in the world, to be honest, but it's just something I really love to do. And I have a blast doing it. I've got to work with friends' businesses on it and uh, kind of help them create these things. It's primarily photo, but I've done a little bit of video with it as well. Uh, and, and video is just so much fun. It's just an absolute blast. And it's cool to integrate that with the brand stuff and also a little bit with wedding and portrait stuff and also more commercial stuff that Eric and I are working on together now. And it's funny that you say, you know, it, it, uh, um, you, it's not uh, as thriving as it, as it may look it uh, somehow, for some reason on the internet, it, no one really knows. You know, I could look at that yeah. account and be like, Hey, he has 25 high ticket recurring contracts. I would, ne- I would never know the difference. And, yep. and the other thing about, uh, <laughs> not having a website either. I don't know where you guys land with it, but I feel like is, is Instagram kind of serving the place as, as a creator's portfolio in, in, in this era or, or it does it complement the website? Eric, do you want to chime in? Yeah, I think it complements for sure. Yeah. I, I think they're like, it's, it becomes too taxing to have to do communication through, um, through some sort of social media app as opposed to like a more formal email um, chain. That's, I mean, what I prefer, I think what a lot of businesses and other people prefer as well. Like no one really wants to be like dealing with contracts through DMs on Instagram. Um, But it is, (laughs) I think it is a good launching pad. Uh, I do think, yeah, if you really want to be, I think if you really want to be serious about any kind of commercial work or growing a business, like, it's just seen as a piece of the puzzle as opposed to the whole thing. Um, obviously people can do brand work and, and do it with just that, but it does kind of feel like you're putting a ceiling on what you're capable of if that's the only thing. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. Cause a lot of people too, they'll find your work and they want to share it to their team, the people that cut the checks and they're not just going like, to don't want to just share an Instagram. They want to share something that looks like these people are worth are, are thousands of dollars for this project. Yeah. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I think websites are definitely like evergreen if, yeah, or like bulletproof or like whatever you want to call it. It's just like a very long lasting kind of 
thing that's even if you don't think it's necessary it's always good to have yeah, yeah even just a a simple one a, a simple one that just, yeah. just shows you're taking it to, to that ne- that next level I, I that's an ongoing argument that i have with with a friend of mine he he thinks it's instagram only i think it's both <laughs> so so thank you for solving that <laughs> just making us realize it's making us realize we need a rally caps website we haven't yeah. made one yet we do actually Oh, we do. Have we one. do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Perfect. We do. There's not much on there. It's basically just our live feed, but. Okay. This is what you can do. All right. You'll take these two episodes and uh, about the co-host and like, it'll be like front and center. <laughs> <laughs> and then people are like, who's the dude with the Cubs hat? <laughs> <laughs> like that must be Eric. He's from Chicago. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so this is it's that's a good segue into. I want to go deep about this actual this kind of meta this podcast and talk about your experience working on on this show. What has been one of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome getting this thing off the ground? Honestly, just the sheer amount of time it takes to edit all of it together it is probably the. Yeah, each episode. It, it, it takes it's it's gotten easier as we've gotten into a better rhythm with it. But at the beginning in particular, it was exhausting to put everything together because it's, you know, it's roughly an hour long video edit. And then there's tweaks that I make to the audio edit, which goes on Spotify and Apple and all that stuff. And then from there, we kind of siphon out and make pieces of content to like each particular platform. So we'll optimize a clip for Instagram stories and a a video Instagram post, and we'll take one or two short form clips out of the episode and post those as separate YouTube videos for later in the week. There's just so many messages and comments to keep up with too. And because community is so important to us, it's just something that we want to be on top of all the time because we really do love just talking with people. Uh, But when all of those things come together, and the, like the little nitty gritty of syncing audio and syncing three people's clips of this conversation all together to make sure it all works and dealing with some tech difficulties every now and again. It just, it is a very time consuming process. And I was prepared for it to a certain degree, but it was, it's a totally different thing to be mentally prepared for something and then actually have it exist in your life and be doing it on a day-to-day basis, you know, <laughs> but there's a, there's a fundamental difference between Steven and I in how we would prepare for something like building rally caps. Cause we talked about it for doing it for nearly a year. Hmm. And I know Steven wasn't like with, with him taking on the burden of, of editing it all and being kind of just in charge of admin and that stuff that he wanted to make sure that we were in a place where it was like, okay, can we consistently drop an episode every week? for at least a long uh, chunk of time um, and and build up the systems and like have a plan to be able to do that and record for an entire month first to get four episodes under our belt. And like, that's something I would never do. Like I, I just jump in head first and figure it out along the way and fail a lot through the process. But that's, I think that's why we complement each other so well is that mm-hmm. he's, He's really good at systems. He is type A, like he is organized <laughs> and I'm not any of those things. Um, 
And so, yeah, that, I think that's, that was huge for Steven. Once we, we got to that place where it was like, you can, you can actually make this happen now, um, based on like the parameters that Steven wanted to have for it. That's when he got like really psyched and we both got really psyched about getting it going. Mm-hmm. That's very generous of you to say that I'm type A, because if you ask my wife, <laughs> that would be the opposite answer for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> More type A than him. (laughs) More type A in my book, Stephen. (laughs) I've never heard the word organized either. (laughs) No, we don't have to get that's another episode. I'm I'm sure in the process, or I I from I overheard in in a Rally Camps episode that it was a it was quite an interesting naming process. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you guys covered it surf- on the surface level, but I'm curious about that because I think, you know, I know it's kind of funny and it's your experience, but I think a lot of people might have that same thing when they're trying to get a brand off the ground, trying to figure out what to name it, the perfect thing. Does this represent us? And I, I want to talk about that experience because I think it could it could help some people. For sure. <laughs> I, I That's actually a very... This is this is a funny story to talk about, and I'll actually reference back to high school bands for a second because even in high school, like early on, even in middle school, when I was in these garage bands, the name was always so important to me, <laughs> and I don't know what it was. Like it's always been that way for me. I've always appreciated having just a kind of umbrella to kind of brand a whole thing as. And I think if a name just works and you feel good about it inside, you feel so much more enthusiastic every time you tell someone about it. And that energy just kind of builds up like a snowball rolling down a hill. You know, if you just feel good about what that identity of that thing is, you just feel so proud every time you tell someone. So with with Rally Caps, we loved the name Slow Burn when we first started recording episodes. And we recorded four episodes where we were making like slow burn jokes and it was in the dialogue and the guests were saying it and we were saying it. And it was so intermingled throughout the conversation that once we got those four episodes done and Eric texted me and he's like, there's a podcast called Slow Burn and it's kind of huge. We were like, oh no, like this is very, very bad. It was kind of heartbreaking. Um, So that was like a quick pivot and by quick I mean it took three weeks to simmer on a name because I'm not quick about choosing names <laughs> what, what happened to those episodes did you did you keep those episodes yeah we just published them still we we added a yeah they're the first so we ended up we did redo the intro episode which mm-hmm. was just the two of us kind of explaining the concept of the show we redid that one that's the very first episode and then the second third and fourth which I believe are Benj, Daniel and Rachel from Mango Street, and Jack Coyne. Those three, we just added a disclaimer at the beginning. We're like, hey, yeah, in, in case you hear the phrase slow burn a lot in this episode, it has nothing to do with the current title, but, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Listen, anyway, I like, it's going to be fun. To, <laughs> I recommended to Steven that every time we said slow burn, he just voiced over like relic house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like like that uh, that that TikTok like computer generated voice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
that would be the way we do it now if that voice was popular now and we were just starting this. <laughs> so so what other names landed on the on the cutting room floor in that process in between slow burn and rally caps? Don't, Tom, don't, we have no, a whole Google Doc, don't we? We do. No joke. I actually wrote the exact phrase cutting room floor on that document. So when you <laughs> said that just now, that was actually one that I just threw up there as like an idea. There's probably 60 names. There's a lot. 60 or 70 names in that doc. They're mostly bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it is. That's yeah. the way it's got to be. Yeah. yeah. You can't be afraid to get those bad ideas out. Like it feels very vulnerable to suggest something that sucks, but that might trigger an idea in someone else's mind that gets you a little bit closer to something good. So it's 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 hard and it's very vulnerable to do that, but if you're working with people that you trust, like my guy Eric, uh, it's it's a little easier to do it. So yeah, and and then you and then you pick the name, and you obviously you you grow into it. You know, you start to embody the personality, and and you guys are now rally cap. So mm -hmm. so c congrats. I think you landed on something strong. Thanks, Thanks man. man. <laughs> Thank you. So I guess the the moral of that story is when you do pick a name, research. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, I feel like it's, that's the obvious. I, I literally don't remember what happened, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it was probably me that was just like, yeah, that's great. Let's, yeah, let's do it. And then I think we were just both excited that we found something that just worked. We're like, cool, let's just do it. Yeah. And I think I like <laughs> referred, I might've been like, oh yeah, you looked that up. You're like, yeah, yeah, it's totally open. We're like, okay, cool. And we just never really revisited nope. it. <laughs> never double checked. Nope. Or single checked for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I think there's something to be said there that sometimes I mean you sometimes you do just have to move and yeah, yeah. and like yeah. you know you got the four under your belt and and now it's a good story it's good content for the podcast yeah. some people do get you know you found a good uh, a good uh, meeting ground of of thinking about it and and creating a, a a thoughtful brand around it and and taking action some people wait five years for like their album cover art just to get the, yeah. the perfect thing and they never yeah. put the thing out mm -hmm. um so the the one thing that uh De De actually danny and Gavertz and i talk about this a lot but how so many people are um have a need some education around sending cold emails or cold dms to people Mm. And you guys, uh, from what I've heard, tidbits of the conversation, you guys have a unique way of reaching out to podcast guests. So we, we can do. we please talk about that process? Absolutely. <laughs> and how you present yourself to people, it, it, it's it can be make or break because the people you're reaching out to, they're they're high profile creators. They have a lot of people vying for their attention, mm -hmm. and somehow you got to cut through the noise and 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 make it exciting for them. So let's talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, Eric, I forget how we first got onto the train of making these video pitches, but I think part of it, what was helpful is having Eric's experience as a high profile creator, someone who gets pitched often and usually will just get text in a DM asking for a favor and going off of Eric's experience, receiving a lot of stuff like that, it was easy to have some insight into what maybe not to do. And so from there, it was a matter of, well, how do we improve upon it? How do we do something that is harder to say no to and also provides value to the person that you're reaching out to in the first place? Because if you just go out 
and ask someone out of the blue for something that really primarily benefits you, that's not super compelling to someone who is really busy and is doing things at a, a higher level. So our thought was, well, let's make videos. We're, we're good at making videos. So let's make videos that are very individualized, that are very specific to each of these guests that we want to have onto the show. Let's research their style. Let's get to know them a little bit and let's make something that feels very unique to who they are. And we've been having so much fun with those. Like they're an absolute blast. We'll like get together. We'll script them together. We'll shoot them. To, like it is so much fun. All right. So let's, can we talk about one of the videos that you made for one of the guests that you, that you brought on the show and, and kind of describe what it, what it was. Is it talking head style? Are you guys, is it a, is it a parody? Is it a skit? Like, give me. Is it, is it a 25 minute documentary? What does it look like? <laughs> Eric, do you, let's maybe each talk about one. Yeah. Which one do you want to do? Well, I kind of leaned into like my expertise of impersonating people with pitching Danny. Yeah. And, uh, and I just, you I can, got, you can do impersonations. I tr I try. I think I'm, I'm probably, I probably think I'm better at them than I actually am. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm really observant. Like I, I look at people's mannerisms. I see how people talk. Like I'm very aware of those things. And so when we wanted to pitch Danny, I, you know, we have the same camera. So I'm like, okay, I could shoot in the style that he shoots and I can just, I can enter the frame like he does on his YouTube videos. I could talk in the calm voice and I, you know, I could say like, like, you know, you know, it's just like, you gotta grasp for things that are, you know, like within your reach, you know, and you start channeling his energy. So I did that whole thing and the whole thing was just a pitch for him to be on our podcast. And, and then I ended it with his catchphrase of like, I love you. <laughs> you know, nice. Um, and nice. so, you know, and it's, it's just really fun too when you send those off, um, to get the response of like all caps laughing, like, I can't believe you made that. Like, of course, mm -hmm. you know, it's so fun. And I know I like Steve was saying, it's just from from experience. If if anybody in the past has gone that far to to want to collaborate with me, I see that as a sign of like, OK, you're serious. Like you're not just this isn't just something off the cuff. That's a feeling like you've thought about this intentionally. And, you know, unfortunately, like that's that's really all I can. I, I do want to say yes to things. Right. As many, you know, other creators want to as well. But there's just only a certain amount you can, um, if you want a life. <laughs> and I want to, I want to really like collaborate with people who are showing that effort. It doesn't matter what their platform is. Like I've done podcasts in the past few months of that same, you know, that same perspective. They did that to me and I'm like, yes, absolutely. I don't care how many followers you have in Instagram. I'd love to have a conversation with you because you showed me that you care. It goes such a long way when mm -hmm. everyone's saying the same exact thing, just to say something a little different. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Yeah, yeah. St Stephen, what was your example? We uh, so this is actually an upcoming guest. It's one that Eric <laughs> and I made together recently. It was for Niles and Caleb from Moment, and we had, I mean, probably too much fun making this. <laughs> we basically wrote like a sixty-second sketch where we called one another and did our best impersonations of people from California as, as a Midwestern and East Coast guy. 
so it effectively came off as like the Californians sketch from SNL. That's kind of like, <laughs> yo, dude, like stuff like Sup, that. Ice <laughs> Um, but you know, that was maybe the premise, but we dug a lot deeper and every line in there was maybe something that they've talked about on their own podcast, something we've seen them share on Instagram or YouTube. There is a little bit of story and like a route to something that's personal to them in almost every single line of dialogue. And we just wanted to go that extra mile to, you know, even though we're doing more of a satirical kind of sketch type thing still show that it's thoughtful and show that we really yeah. mean what we're saying and that we really want to talk with them. And that, that was just a blast to make. I'm excited to yeah. do more of them collaboratively. Uh, but yeah, for, uh, for, for Niles and Caleb, that was a, a pretty fun one. Now, has there been, it's such a, like, you're like, why does it, why don't more people think that way? Have you got, is this the first time you guys experimented with re- sending out um, cold messages this way or have you done this for brands or other collaborations in the past? Well, ironically, when Eric and I first met, it was just a a regular old DM on Instagram, which is kind of funny to look back on. But I, in my experience, I don't think I've pitched a brand or a client with a video before. Eric, have you ever... Yeah. Yeah. Um, more, more recently, uh, I started to realize, cause I, I kept telling, um, you know, subscribers of mine or, you know, followers on Instagram, if, if you want to collaborate, if you want like a question answered, like do, do yourself a favor and like leave a voice memo or leave a video of you talking to the camera, uh, to me. Uh, don't, don't just like type out a paragraph, like show, show me the effort that like you, you want to like, be intentional with me mm-hmm. um, as I am intentional about putting things out into the world and, and online, you know, like I just want to see that reciprocated. And so when I started like offering that as advice, I, I something clicked in me or was like, if I want to get into more commercial work, if I want to pitch brands, if I want to get more sponsors for my channel, I'm going to do this for them too. And so we pitched, we pitched a brand and, and Mike and I in our studio, like we pitched a brand and locked in like a $26,000 deal for, um, a two day shoot and I've been locking in YouTube sponsorships with video pitches and these brands are coming back to me and they're just like, we loved the video. Like you, it was our mm-hmm. color palette. Like it just felt like you identified with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like that. And I, and then I can reciprocate and go, yeah, all of that was intentional. Like I chose that color of tan because I know that's all over your website, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way that you're doing it with us, you know, right now it's like yeah. that intentionality. Yeah. There's no, there's no question as to why you're sitting here interviewing us. Cause that same intentionality came through when we were doing an Instagram live and you're like, Hey, I have this idea that would offer you guys a ton of value and save mm-hmm. you some time. And then here we are. Yeah. yeah. In like a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't long ago, but the ball got rolling quickly. I was, it was funny. I was like, Oh, they're probably not going to say it, but I'll say it. And then, uh, and then you guys followed up. I was like, Oh, this is going to be, a, this is going to be a lot of fun. And then you hit me yeah. yesterday. Interview us tomorrow. <laughs> and, and I was just like, man, uh, it'd be really t- difficult to prepare, but I'll make it happen. Whatever. We'll, we'll do it. And, and, and it's going, legend. it's going wonderfully now. So let, let's keep it going back back on the, the train of thought the podcast you were talking about all the effort that goes into it. And I've noticed that it is such an aesthetically 
pleasing video podcast to to have on your whether it's in the background the other day it was up in my, our living room we're just hanging out it's like it like fits the room you know mm-hmm. most of the podcasts out there you put them up even the ones that i've edited they just kind of look raw up there it's just two people on webcams looking up their noses you know like <laughs> no one really loves it um so let's talk about that that workflow because it, it, i think it, it it is paying off and i think when sponsors as it continues to grow it, it um that look and the feel it's going to help getting more and more guests and, and people part of this thing so uh, after you get the guests, uh, you get the, the preparing for a show, mm-hmm. uh, what's, what kind of research do you do in, uh, to a guest and what's the, the, the process look like there? So typically, Eric and I will do a little bit of research independently and then the day of we'll typically get on a call pre-recording and just work on a collaborative Google Doc together and go through YouTube videos, Instagram profiles, just kind of to get an idea of who they are. Honestly, most of the people that we've talked to so far are either loose connections, friends, or just people that we really admire. So we know their styles pretty well off the bat, which is off the bat. That was unintentional, but but it is super helpful to have that kind of background and that feeling that YouTube kind of gives you like, you know, that person, even though you've never met before. So, uh, yeah, we, we will usually just kind of like get on a call. We're typing away. We're adding like either things to be aware of question ideas, uh, jokes to add into the, the intro because we like to do kind of a lighthearted fun, uh, slightly exaggerating kind of, uh, intro for our guests to just kind of hype them up a little bit and, hopefully put them at ease and maybe get a couple laughs out. And we found that that helps with just kind of getting conversation flowing and feeling natural just right off the rip. Yeah. I, I noticed that. Who was that? I think it was the one with Jesse where you, you made up a bunch of extra nicknames for him. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't realize they were extra. I was like, Oh, these, these, this Same. guy's wild. <laughs> and, and, then, and then he was like, yeah, like two of those are right. And it, yeah. it, got me, it, it, it gave me a good chuckle too. So I, I, I think that, that, that does ultimately, you know, help break up the, you know, that those first couple questions, the tension of the first couple questions. Mm-hmm. For sure. So yeah, they're on the show, the editing process. Yep. Uh, can we, do you want to, I mean, I know it's more technical, but do you want to talk about that, that process? Because, yeah. you know, you could easily just throw it on timeline and export it and have two next to each other. But, <laughs> but how, how do you, how do you approach that? Cause some of the conversations, they could be two and a half hours and cutting down audio and video to an hour. It seems like a, a bit of a project. Yeah, it, it definitely is a bit of a project. And I, I think in the beginning, Another reason why it took a little longer was because of my inexperience editing a podcast, but also Eric and I were brand new to hosting a podcast. And mm-hmm. I think as as we've kind of gone on, honestly, it's become easier even from almost like a like do it right in camera kind of perspective where if we just have conversation that flows naturally and I don't have to make a ton of jump cuts all throughout the two and a half hours, it's left less of like sifting through all of that and mm-hmm. more so finding the start point, finding the end point, making sure all that is synced together and then just letting it run and maybe cutting out a little bit of dead space where the internet connection got bad or, you know, it's just something kind of dropped. Zoom did a bad job of being Zoom uh, and we just need to kind of like make up for that in some way. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's really just a matter of like syncing all three of those audio and video files so that it's all three of us actually having a conversation instead of just like talking over each other and laughing at the wrong points. And then we do have a little intro and outro of uh, music from Musicbed, which is just the best. We love them. And uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Is, that, is that paid? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Not sponsored yet. Just good. Just good okay, friends. We'll, we'll get there. Music bed. <laughs> yeah. That one's on us. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's like a set, a preset uh, intro and outro that I've just made, and we'll copy and paste into the timelines, so I don't have to recreate that every single time. And then once everything is synced together, the habit I've gotten into recently actually is letting it play as if I'm just listening to a podcast because I love to listen to podcasts. So I'll treat it as if it's just my podcast of the day. I'll edit some photos, answer some emails, and then I'll just be tuned in a little more intentionally. So that way I'm noticing if, oh, there's a little too much dead air here. I wonder what happened. Oh, a frame dropped. We couldn't talk to each other, whatever it was. And then quickly trim that up, let it keep playing. And then by the end of it, I'm able to almost like multitask a little bit better and still be getting other things done as I'm primarily listening. Um, and then once that's done, export that and rip the audio from it to create the, the Spotify iTunes. Nah, I keep saying iTunes, Apple music, uh, <laughs> kind of file and all yeah, that. I feel like I want to say that too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so strange. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone understands. Um, but yeah, once, once those two like distinct, files are created you know one goes up to youtube one goes up to our podcast provider and then the trickle effect of creating all of the different you know vertical square crop uh thumbnails everything else that comes with the show uh, adding in all of our assets and everything kind of trickles down from there yeah you can see how one one conversation ends up being a lot of time, <laughs> a oh lot of time. Gosh, yeah. So, so what would you tell yourself? You know, for anyone that's thinking, <laughs> I, I want to start a podcast with my friend. What would you tell yourself uh, eight months ago? Uh, uh, what, what tip would you say to to help streamline this process? What 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 advice would you give yourself? This isn't going to help streamline the process, but I would definitely say start with video. It, it's actually, it's the opposite of what you're asking. It's actually going to make the process much more cumbersome in, in editing because it is just, it's more everything, right? Start with video as in? If you're going to start a podcast, make sure you're doing video alongside okay. audio. Yeah. 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 Because, and Eric was great about home, like driving this point home at the beginning of this was that YouTube is just such a great search engine and such a robust place where so much stuff lives that if we're if, even at the very least, even if we're not getting a ton of views, it's just a place where people can find us again. And it's a place where people go for so much stuff. And if our audience is for the most part so far, if they have YouTube audiences and followings as well, that's only going to help drive more traffic to the show. So if, if you can, I would definitely encourage people to start their podcast with a video component as well, because it just gives you so much more stuff to, to post elsewhere as well. You know, we can put these vertical videos on Instagram, but we can also put it on Twitter and TikTok if we want to share it there also. And we can just engage with people a little bit better rather than only having a little like audio file 
to to play somewhere to like show like the waveforms kind of moving around you know mm-hmm. now do you have any tips for the editing process editing faster what's what's one thing that you learned there was like all right this, this makes the process two times faster any yep. insight there yeah honestly like one that i just mentioned treat it as if it's your podcast of the day that you just listen to put it on the background and do some other work because it will feel like it goes by a lot quicker than if you are just staring, just staring right at your monitor, watching people talk. That feels like paint is drying in front of your eyes. That's pretty brutal. But Eric actually taught me this trick a couple weeks ago. If you just tap that L key while you're in Premiere, oh, you speed up the footage so much and you can just, if you're, if you're in kind of an editing grind and you don't want to multitask, just keep Premiere open, hit L, speed that baby up, and you can get through an episode a lot quicker than if you're watching it in real time. That's that's great insight. Now, do you guys batch record your shows? So, will you record you know four in a week and then you know have those four episodes, or you do you guys record every single week and then have them have that next one out for the, the following week? We generally try to batch record. Yeah, we'll we'll try to just book a bunch of guests in a one to two week timeline, get a bunch done, have all of the raw footage and audio just ready to be formed into an episode. So that way it gives us a little bit of a buffer so that we're not kind of shooting for the first time, filming everything, then transferring footage. And then it's like, oh crap, I'm under the crunch of actually having to edit and distribute everything by the following Monday. Yeah, it can be a lot. So we try our best to batch record as often as we can. But because we are a pretty guest heavy show, it can be hard to work other people's schedules into what's most convenient for you. So you do need to be flexible every now and then. And I think as the podcast gains more momentum and we start to build more of an audience, I think we're going to feel better about just doing episodes, just the two of us, because we'll feel as if we don't need to have a guest to get people on board from the start. It's like, oh, Eric and Steven are having a conversation about this specific thing. I want to listen to it. That sounds great. So I think that's kind of the, the hope we can get to that point. But we're always going to be having guests on the show because that is what we want to do. And that's the kind of advice and almost educational content that we want to bring to listeners and just so people can get to know these kind of you know socially famous people and get to like pull back the curtain a little bit and like hear who they are as a person yeah you you guys have a great presence on your podcast too it feel it feels like you're just friends hanging out having a casual conversation and uh, you know when I listen and I'm like, Oh, I'm like the fourth friend hanging out here. This is cool. You know? (laughs) And and, and so I I love what you guys are doing. And you said that you, uh, you listen to podcasts yourself. Are there any specific hosts that you, uh, pull inspiration from for their style of, of, of hosting a podcast? That's funny. Not really, actually. Not that I'm thinking about it because the podcasts that I, I most enjoy listening to are more like improv sketch comedy. And that's like but kind of the opposite you, of what we're doing. <laughs> I, I, I've never ventured into that world. Give me a suggestion. Who, who oh, should man. I listen to? My, my go-to, it's a podcast called My Brother, My Brother and Me. Absolutely hysterical. It's literally three brothers, like the name would suggest. Um, they all grow up in West Virginia together. I don't think they're all based there currently, but every week they just have 
effectively a variety show in the form of a podcast and it's hysterical like i 10 out of 10 recommend it's my so brother funny. my brother and me Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm gonna give it a listen to. Sometimes I, I listen to a lot of like business and marketing podcasts, and sometimes okay. I just need like a break of like all the all the information, <laughs> you know, just yeah, totally. something to, to to lighten things up. All right, so last question about the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Dream guest in the next year, like who would you really want on the other side of that camera or or in person having a conversation with with you and Eric? Oh man. Eric, I want to hear your suggestion also, if you had to pick one. One? Oh, man. One is really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think our highest one right now is Matt Diavella. Yep. We actually, we have a video pitch already recorded for Matt and ready to be sent out. It's actually technically just chilling in, in his, his unread DMs. DMs. Yeah. From Steven. <laughs> So you DM the pitches? We do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think for the most part we have been. Yeah. And and what's funny about that is that it actually presents another creative challenge because the longest video you can send to someone on Instagram is 60 seconds. So you have to get everything you want to say, all the humor, all the thoughtfulness, the pitch itself into 60 seconds. It's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, he's going to see it and he's, he, and uh, I, you know, he, I think he has a great sense of humor. So, uh, that's exciting. So, uh, so. <laughs> I'm going to hit, are you, are we cool to hit some batting practice now? Oh, absolutely. All right. Let's this is the go. batting practice round. Batting it's, practice. Been, it's been, it's, it's been, uh, an amazing conversation. I think it's, I think it's going to be big for the listeners too. And as this show continues to grow, you can always send guests back to this, this episode. Like, Hey, this is who I am. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is why I care. Uh, okay. So batting practice, we're out the bat and I'm, I'm grooving them down the middle for the first couple. <laughs> and, and these are from the, you guys posted on your Instagram story questions for your guests and a lot of these are, are straight from your 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 fans awesome what is your favorite lens for wedding photography 50 millimeters donuts glazed powdered or jelly filled glazed if you could delegate one part of your business to someone what would it be all of the editing and post-production for <laughs> rally caps <laughs> My man. <laughs> Who is a YouTuber that you have never met, but you've watched them so much you feel like you're already friends? It's probably most YouTubers. Probably most YouTubers. Yeah. But who, 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 who do you think I you're guess. already best friends with and you haven't met them? <laughs> uh, I actually might say Casey just because of the daily vlog. You feel like yeah. you know that. I feel like that's true for literally you everyone who's watched this You know everyone in his world. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. crazy. If you could have one of Eric Eric's character traits, what would it be? Oh, man. His ability to actually get work done and not like linger in the thought process. His ability to just get to work. Decisiveness. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the word I was looking for. See, I was thinking about it too much. <laughs> if someone were to brag about you, what would they say? 
Oh, man. You I have to say this for myself? <laughs> <laughs> if someone were to brag about you, I'm giving you the, the opportunity now. Um, I, oh, man. I'm going to blush hair. a lot, probably. It, it, Eric, are you going to... His voice. <laughs> his voice. <laughs> I actually, that actually is super flattering when people say that I have a good podcast He's going to keep voice. skirting around this question. Yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Wait, ge- genuinely, actual answer, I would say I, I would love for people to think that I am a good husband and friend. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And with a great voice. What is a one sentence, one piece of advice in one sentence that you would give to yourself five years ago? Your work is never going to be perfect. So just start doing it and get better through the actual process of working. One more. This is Rally Caps. There's a fellow creator who's up to bat, okay. and you have to start a chant with your team to, to give him, <laughs> to pep him up, to hit, hit this ball out of the park, to get on base, right? Okay. What is that chant that you would give that fellow creator? Okay. It's a weird question, but, but we're going with it's it. A, okay. okay. I love that question, actually. Okay. I, this, this is going to maybe be a little bit of a cop out, but if Eric's up to bat, I'm going to get everybody start saying, love you forever. Mm. <laughs> that is our that is our phrase that is our phrase <laughs> thank you for letting me be uh, a dh today a dh hitter <laughs> a designated hitter is there anything that you would like me to ask is there anything that i missed that you want to cover that you that you want the 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 cappers to to hear about you tom you were incredible this was like honestly so much fun I don't love talking about myself, but you made this <laughs> such a comfortable and fun process. So thank you for doing that. Seriously. I, I appreciate that, man. It, it was it was fun chatting with you and getting to know you. I think I think there was part of it that was fun just kind of coming in and and learning real time, like becoming, you know, like we're having coffee and we're hanging out yeah. and just mm-hmm. learning about each other's experiences. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, man. Thank you. Seriously. We, we've uh, Thanks, been dude. very, very intent on uh, just, I don't know, meeting people and making friends throughout all of this. Like that's the coolest thing to us is that we get to make new friends throughout this. Yep. And this just felt exactly like that. Like this is just so much fun. So thanks for doing it. Appreciate it. Of course. All right. Awesome. Cool. See you out there. I was like, do I give him another baseball pun? Like, you know, knock him out. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know. If I've done it right much. I got the hat. I, I, got, I got pinstripes on on my pants. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on that episode of Rally Caps. And huge shout out to our friend Tom as well for hosting and interviewing with us. Uh, if you can check him out on Instagram at BoiderCam, B-O-Y-D-E-R-C-A-M. He is the man. He's a great friend of ours, and we had an absolute blast chatting with him today. We're so lucky to have him on the show. If you're interested in checking out more Rally Caps content, you can check out the description below or the show notes, depending on whether you're in YouTube or in Spotify or Apple Music. And if you're interested, we actually just recently launched a Rally Caps Patreon as well, which will also be linked below. We're so happy to have you as a part of the team, and we will catch you in the next episode of Rally Caps. Bye.